Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I love you. I thank you for the gift of my life and my faith. I thank you for my family. Uh, Lord, I ask you to bless Carrie, my wife, and each and all of my children. I ask you to bless my dad as well as my uh, mother-in-law, as they are at that age and stage in their life, Lord, where they are close to you. And I just pray, Lord, that they would uh, be protected in their own um, in their own lives of faith as they uh, grow grow near to that time, Lord, where they would um, join you in heaven. And Lord, we, we don't know the day or the hour of our own lives uh, passing from this world to you. And so, Lord, give us the grace to to be ready, to be ready for uh, for you, be ready to to meet you, Lord, in accord with your purpose and plan for our lives. Lord, help us not to waste the time we're given. Help us not to dissipate, to to bleed out the energy that uh, you've given to us to to live for you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, I'm about, uh, let's see, about a half an hour behind in my, well, even longer than that, <laughs> in uh, recording this program with you. Uh, I recorded this last night, and I could not get my microphone to work. I, and I have no idea why. I'm, I use this setup every day. And I sit down and I open up the program and I turn on the microphone and I hit record. And there was no signal reaching the software, the recording software for my program. It, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't on. <laughs> like, what is going on with this? And I'm a find a way kind of guy. I'm a fix it kind of guy. And so I was tracing every wire. I was testing alternative paths. It's like, okay, wait a minute now. The webcam has a, a microphone. Let me see, does that reach the Adobe Audition software? Yes, it does. Okay, now let me come back to this microphone. Maybe it's it's the cord, the XLR cord, going from the microphone to the soundboard. No, maybe it's the soundboard. Maybe there's a mute button that is on there. No, well, maybe it's this whole channel. Let me get another microphone with another cord on another channel, and then let me make sure that those... No, that's not it either. And then maybe it's the cord that's going from the soundboard to the computer. No, no, that's not it. Maybe there's something hung up in the computer itself. Let me restart the computer. No, that's not it either. The soundboard, the plug wasn't in. (laughs) The soundboard had no power to it. Now, that might not, you might have thought to yourself, hey, wait a minute, that seems to be obvious. Okay, there is a there is a screen on the soundboard that connects the cord to the computer, and it was lit up. So my first blush reaction was, of course, there's sound on this board. But then I remembered this back of my mind, oh, wait a minute, wasn't there like a loose cord underneath the desk? And sure enough, that's what it was. So even though I was doing all the right things, even though I was doing the same thing that I did every day, I was not getting any voice to be heard. My voice was speaking, but it wasn't reaching the goal. It wasn't recording. But even though everything else looked the same, 
Everything else looked the same. But because I didn't have power reaching that soundboard, because I wasn't plugged in, then there was no voice to be heard. Okay, you're tracking with me? Come on now. This is, it's a humbling story with hopefully an obvious application. We may do the same thing we do every single day in our life of faith. We may be going about the business of our day-to-day lives of faith and even speaking the same words, but they may not have spiritual power. They may not have spiritual impact if we are not plugged in. If we're not plugged in, we won't have that power, even though we can be doing the same exact things. So you might even be like going through the motions of prayer or going to mass or talking to your kids or, or going about your day. And, and you know what? Saying the same kind of thing, but there's, there's a lack of power. We, we got to dig into that because we want to have maximum power. We want to have gain. There's a gain function on the soundboard. And when you turn that gain up just a little, it advances the voice quite a bit. Where do we get a gain in our life of faith? Yeah, but the humbling's not done yet. The humbling is not done. Okay, if you live in eastern Washington the way we do, one of the differences between eastern Washington and western northern Idaho is the price of gas. Yes, indeed, the price of gas is 50 or 60 cents more expensive in eastern Washington than it is in northern Idaho. Isn't that crazy? And we live nine miles away from the border between eastern Washington and northern Idaho. So there are days when we play a game of it's not really a game, but it's it's monitoring and measuring when am I going to get this car across the border to northern Idaho to buy gas. And so how, how low can I let the gas get before I have to plan that next little trip over? And if, and if I don't think I'm going to make it, let me just get one gallon of gas or a couple gallons, because then now that I know tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to actually make it across the border into Idaho and say 50 cents a gallon. I mean, it's 10 bucks, 60 cents, 70 cents. We're, we're talking, hey, that's $15, $17. Let's go. I'll, I'll save that on, on, on gas. All we have to do is be well-coordinated. Well, this morning I was not well-coordinated. So yesterday morning, I got up and I was off to do some real estate work. I had to meet up with some photographers, videographers for a new listing that I have, a new beautiful home on Newman Lake. Hey, you want a beautiful home on Newman Lake that has a a beautiful boat slips and all these other kinds of things there? Wow, amazing. Uh, So I had to meet the videographer and the photographer out there, but you know what you need to get there? A car. You You know what a car needs to be able to get started? Gas. And you know what my car when I went out to start didn't have? Yes, that's right. It didn't have gas. And so I went out to the same car and I did the same activities that I do every day, 
put the key in the ignition, turn, and it doesn't start. <laughs> Just like, are you kidding me? Okay, let me patiently not lose my peace. Let me go into the garage. Let me get an empty gas can. I got two empty gas cans just to be safe. Got into my daughter's car, my oldest daughter who's home, and drove it to the gas station. And this gas can holds two gallons of gas. I'm like, totally, we're good. Let's go. Drive it back home, put in the two gallons into the gas tank, go to start the car up. It does not start. <laughs> I'm like, no. This is a, another test, another humbling test. I, I had the two cans, but I, I chose not to fill both cans. I thought one, two gallons is plenty of gas to be able to get into the tank and make it into the engine and start the car. It, it's always worked before. Well, not this time. So back to the car, back to the gas station, and this time I filled up two cans. Brought them back, filled them four more gallons in. Now it's six gallons. I mean, it's like a quarter of a tank now. I, I've got to be able to start the car, and yes, it did start, but I lost about an hour in the process, and I had to miss my appointment. Oh, wow. I'm like, Lord, it's going to be, it, it was one of those days. There were several other tests and trials where things that were planned disappeared, got canceled, got moved, and other little tests and trials of my patients with people that I'm interacting with. And here, here's the thing. Every day, I'm out and about. If I'm going to go where it is the Lord wants me to go, if I'm going to move where it is the Lord wants me to move, if I'm going to take action to get where the Lord intends me to be, to get to those divine appointments, I need to have gas in the car. I need to have the spiritual fuel in my spiritual tank if I'm going to be fruitfully used by God. And that's the challenge. So today on the program, we're going to dig into that. We're going to, we're going to use my humbling experiences these tests, these little trials, to be able to stop and say, okay, breathe. It's not always going to be easy. There'll be trials that come your way. Maintain your sense of peace. Recognize that there are spiritual battles. And stay humble. Stay patient. And when you fall, repent. And get back up. When you lack the focus and the energy, turn to the Lord humbly and get back up. I have to acknowledge, uh, I, I'm often praying for others. In fact, yesterday I had a chance to do that. Uh, yesterday I was calling uh, an agent, that a real estate agent listing another property and I called her up and I uh, had done something collaborative with her at an open house a couple of weeks ago and called her back and said, hey, you want to do that again? And, and she told me about uh, a tragic happening for her, uh, about her dad uh, 
who um, was uh, sort of racing in a car and um, lost control or um, there was a momentary lapse and all of a sudden he got into a just a terrible accident and is in very serious condition um, at a hospital at, at Harborview in Seattle. And I, I said, are you a believing person? And she said, yes. And I said, um, would it be okay if I prayed for your, for your dad? And she said, thank you. I'd really appreciate those prayers very much. And then I said, would it be okay if I prayed with you right now? And she said, no, I'm not. I, I'm more of a private person. So I get that. And I said, absolutely. But please know I'll be praying for your dad um, who had this terrible head injury and who uh, has had other sort of bodily functions begin to shut down and and, and is in a very life-threatening condition right now. So um, we're going to pray for him. His name's Terry. Let's pray for Terry and for that family um, undergoing that uh, that unexpected, out-of-time tragedy that has landed on that family and their people of faith. So let's pray. Let's pray for them and for others who face these kind of tragedies who don't have faith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, I, I love you, and I thank you that you use us, Lord. And when we're empty, when we've got nothing, when we're powerless, Lord, when we, we're not plugged into you and we don't have that spiritual fuel, we look to you more than ever with even greater desperation to say, Lord, what we face in our lives is sometimes beyond our power, beyond our control, beyond our capacity to... Uh, find a way forward in victory. And so, Lord, I, I pray for Terry. I pray for the you, Jesus, the divine physician, to lay your hand upon him and upon all the doctors and nurses, all the treatments and medications, all the interventions that are being used right now to sustain his life and maintain his life and help him recover. And so, Lord, I pray for him and I, I pray for his family, Lord, gathered around him with care. I ask, Jesus, that you would minister to them every good gift they need to sense your presence and to experience your power. For you are the living Lord and you see and know exactly what is happening there. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd stir within them those little nudges to let you in, to let you in with a greater sense of intimacy and and, and a greater pro, uh, profundity than they've yet known. Lord, turn this tragedy into triumph. Turn this difficulty into a place of encounter with your power. And Lord, I, I pray that prayer not only for them, but for others who are in the hospital at the same time, but who lack faith, Lord, who don't have that sense of, of trusting in you. Lord, minister to them as well. Be the living Lord, performing signs and wonders today. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you today. So, Today I'm talking about what we do. I want to talk about what we can do in our lives of faith when we are facing just sort of the, the trials that, that, that just come out of left field. And today, some of you that are listening to me, you're going to have an unexpected difficulty. There's going to be something that reaches your life that was not fun, not pleasant, not expected not enjoyable, and it's going to ask from you, um, it's going to ask from you uh, graciousness. 
it might be a harsh word. It might be a conflict um, in in your family. Um, it, you know, it an unexpected uh, conversation that just leads to a, a, uh, a you know what do they say hurt people hurt people right that that happens uh, and and just as you go about your day you know people that you see in stores and the people that are, are around you in the workplace how many of these people are coming out of peaceful environments how many of these people are coming from places homes that are marked by faith and peace and uh, versus not, and and if they're not, if they're coming, like coming from a home or from a living situation where things are difficult, things are dark, things things are just not easy, then they move into a place where you are. Well, you might be that only source of light that they're going to encounter today, and. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, well, I, I don't know about you. I'm going to bet that if you had this opportunity to be the, I, I love using the word conduit, like the vessel of communication, the door through which the living Lord, Jesus Christ, touches the mind and the heart, touches the life of that person who's caught in darkness, it's it's because of you. Wouldn't you want that? Yes, you do. I know you do. I know you'd love to be useful to the Lord like that. That's what I want. That's what I want with my today. I want to be useful to the Lord. What I don't want or expect is spiritual attacks, spiritual warfare. And yeah, I know, you know, we can listen. I listen to homilies and talks on that kind of stuff regularly. I uh, read books that mention spiritual attacks. Absolutely. Read it in the scriptures, right? Are we really that surprised? And the answer is yes. <laughs> We're caught off guard. Well, and, and here's the thing. When I talk about a spiritual attack and you're caught off guard, you're not caught off guard like at a spiritual attack that's coming directly at you. Right, straight in front of you, right at you, right. If it was that easy and obvious, and I guess sometimes it is, well, then it's it, it becomes more obvious that oh, okay, wait a minute, there, there's a devil at work here. There's the demonic at work here. Let's pray about this. Let's cry out to the Lord for His strength and His mercy. It's not that. It's when it comes in the back door. It comes in through your weak spot. It comes in through uh, the, the place in your life where you're broken. And all of a sudden, there's that stirring that all of a sudden it gets you thinking, saying, doing things or avoiding things that you know, wait a minute, that's not from God. That is not godly. But why am I allowing myself to stay there, to be there, to, to walk in that? That's where the spiritual attack comes from. So those are the spiritual attacks that, that we need to be more aware of. It isn't the direct onslaught of an obvious temptation to do something that is ungodly. No, it's the backdoor self-justifying, rationalizing uh, capacity that lives within us from those wounds that are part of our lives 
where it's like, you know what, I'm justified in lashing out. I'm justified in thinking those horrible thoughts or speaking those terrible words or doing those things that are just unkind, right? It's those spiritual attacks that we have to be on the lookout for. And we have to say, I'm not going to settle for those. I'm not going to allow those a space in my life. That's where we need the spiritual gas. That's where we need that fuel. That's where we need to be plugged in. If we're not plugged in, we don't have that fuel, then we don't stand a chance. We don't stand a chance when those onslaughts come, those hidden, secret, you know, enemy parachuting behind enemy lines, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden that starts living in us. And it's like, wait a minute, whoa, where did that come from? Where did that come from, right? So I want to share with you a secret to overcoming those spiritual attacks and a place to discover the spiritual fuel so that you'll never run out of gas and where you'll stay plugged in, okay? How do you like that? Here we go. You want to stay plugged into the Lord? You want to stay plugged into that spiritual fuel? The, the church gives lots of uh, ways that we accomplish that. And of course, it, it's going to begin with prayer, right? Prayer where we step aside from ordinary activities and we put our focus on the Lord, on that relationship with God. But in this month of May, I want to put a point of focus on a devotional act that will link you to the heart of Jesus, the most sacred heart of Jesus. You will become linked to the most sacred heart of Jesus in a way that you uh, haven't before. And it's through the immaculate heart of Mary, through the immaculate heart of the mother of the Son of God. So Mary's immaculate, immaculate means what? Without stain, right? Without the stain of original sin. It's pure, right? It's unpolluted, unpolluted by any sin, whether it's original sin or personal sin. And this unpolluted heart is open to us, right? The, the heart of our Blessed Mother is open to receive us, her children. So when I use this sort of poetic imagery of saying, to entrust yourself or to hide in the heart of your mother, to find a home in the secret place of the heart of your mother Mary. Again, that sounds poetic. It sounds like it's a, a symbolic or imaginative type of thing. I'm talking about an act of entrustment talking about an act of, here's the word, consecration, of giving oneself over, putting oneself into, one, into the hands of. I'm telling you, please, open yourself to this idea. Just consider it. When you're struggling, when you're under attack, when you're feeling like you don't have the energy, the spiritual energy, when you're being humbled, you're being tested, when you're in these conflicts, when, you, when you're under these like spiritual onslaughts coming at you, don't be afraid. But hide in the heart of the Blessed Mother. Hide in the heart of Mary. Consciously, intentionally make the act of saying, Mother Mary, 
I give you my heart and my life, and I place my life into your open heart. Your okay, the heart is the center, it's the core of someone, it's the place of love, it's the place of 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 being encompassed. Like when you're in the heart, you're encompassed by the love, the tender care, the maternal intercessory power of the Blessed Mother. And here's the thing. You'll experience two beautiful fruits that come from placing yourself into the heart of your Mother Mary, entrusting yourself into the heart of your Mother Mary. And I'm going to tell you how to do it, Okay, the, the way you can do it, just using a picture. That you can get to put the picture on your phone, get, in it, get a, a, a holy work of art of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You just gaze upon that image, gaze upon that picture, and just say, Mary, Mother Mary, I love you. And please, with you, I see your beautiful heart. Please receive me. I, I please open your heart to me right now. I need you to receive me, and and not just again. It's not just receive you, but it's it's to receive all that you're going through, all that you're facing right now, your work situation, your health situation, your relationships, your family members, your uh, the, the things that that burden you and weigh you down and hold you back, that bind you up, that make you feel like. You're out of gas. You're you're not plugged in, and and you are under attack. All of that, just make that action, that intention, that will, to say, I give you my heart, I give you my life, Mother Mary. I just need you to receive me today. Okay, so that that's all you have to do. It's not rocket science. Doesn't require a degree. It takes the will to do it. And here's the beautiful thing. The grace is available to do it. The grace is available. The Lord loves that you would entrust your heart, your life, your circumstances, your situations, the things that are burdening you, that the Lord delights that you would place those into the heart of his mother. Why? How do we know that? (laughs) How can we know that? Remember I said two things? Okay, let's talk about the two things. The first of the two things is, what did Mary do with her heart? What did the Blessed Mother do with her heart, with the center of her being, with her very identity, with who she is? What did she do? Well, let's go back to the Annunciation. The Archangel Gabriel comes to the Blessed Mother and says, you are called to be the mother of the Messiah, the mother of the Son of God. Behold, you will conceive and bear within yourself a child through the power of the Holy Spirit. And what did she say? Fiat voluntas tua. Let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me according to your word. It was an act of entrustment. What does the Blessed Mother do with her heart? She entrusts her heart, her whole life, her whole future, all that she is, into the hands of God. So she entrusts her heart into the very sacred heart of Jesus, into the heart of God revealed. Jesus is the heart of the Father revealed. 
the very sacred heart of Jesus is the revelation of the Father's love for us. And that heart has been pierced and is open. And so what does the Blessed Mother do with her heart? She plunges her heart into the heart of Jesus. Now, if I'm going to enter the heart of Jesus, you know what? I can definitely go there myself. I can definitely, and I do, I give myself into the heart of Jesus every day. But especially when I've got nothing, especially when I'm struggling with stuff, especially when I'm under attack, I want to plunge into the heart of Jesus, but I'm feeling so wounded, so vulnerable, so broken, so distant from that heart. I'm ashamed. I want to hide. Well, let me instead hide in the heart of the Blessed Mother and let her act of yes, let it be done to me. Her total, perfect, unpolluted yes. Let me sink myself into her heart as she gives her heart to Jesus. The best way you can learn more profoundly about the heart of Jesus is to enter it through the heart of Mary. Let me say that again. The best way for you to gain a more profound understanding of the heart of the Father's love for us revealed in Jesus, revealed in his heart, is to place yourself into the hands, into the heart of our Mother Mary. You do that, and you will come to have uh, new confidence, a new profound encounter with the heart of Jesus. Okay, but I said there's two. There's two reasons why. The first is that when you entrust yourself into the heart of our Mother Mary, when you make that act of consecration, that act of giving over, that act of entrustment, you know what the Blessed Mother's going to do. She's going to do with you what she did herself, which is give herself freely, fully, completely, perfectly to God. But what's the second? The second is, not only if you give yourself into the heart of Mary, will you discover that the heart of Mary plunges is plunged into the heart of Jesus, you'll also discover, part two, that the heart of Jesus is plunged into the heart of Mary. Ooh, did you hear that? What does that mean? What does that mean that the the heart of Jesus, the most sacred heart of Jesus, Jesus who is God and man, what does that mean that his heart is to be discovered within the heart of Mary? Didn't we just say that the, the heart of Mary is discovered within the heart of Jesus, that the heart of Mary gives herself over into the heart of Jesus. So how can the heart of Jesus be discovered within the heart of Mary? Well, I'm going to tell you. We're up against a break. But when we come back, we're going to answer that question of the relationship between the heart of our Blessed Mother, her Immaculate Heart, and the most sacred heart of Jesus. And we're going to see that there's not only that her heart is found within his but yes, indeed, his heart is found within hers. How? We'll find out.
Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. Okay, so why would the heart of Jesus be found within the heart of Mary? Okay, think about it. Again, this this requires just a little bit of thought. When we think about the, the divinity of Jesus, then yes, the the divinity of Jesus is the revelation of the heart of God, and that heart encompasses the heart of the Immaculate One, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So she plunges herself into the divine heart, the most sacred heart of Jesus revealed. But Jesus is not only God, he's also man. And as a man, where was he born? Ooh, where was he conceived? He was conceived in the womb of the Blessed Mother. And the heart of Jesus, that human heart of Jesus, where did that heart first come to beat, receive the nutrients, the nourishment, the the very blood needed for a heart to come to be and to be formed? Where was that sacred heart formed? Oh, it was formed from and within the Blessed Mother herself. And it was the blood that flowed through, flowed from that Immaculate Heart that was the natural cause of the growth of the Sacred Heart. So it's within the heart of the Blessed Mother that the heart of Jesus was first formed. And first grew. And so if we take that biological reality and we make it a bit more personal, there's a very powerful way in which the heart of Jesus was formed in the encompassing love and tender care of the heart of his mother. The love that flowed from her heart surrounded, encompassed, nurtured, and grew within, uh, grew Jesus. And I'm talking about his humanity, of course. And who knows the mysterious ways in which the, the divine love emerged and was encountered by the Blessed Mother throughout his childhood and as he grew into manhood. But there is this let's call it this mutual interpenetration, circumincessio. Aren't those great words? Now I'm using bigger theological words to describe the way in which the Blessed Mother knows the heart of her son. And so when we struggle to know that Jesus is there for us, that he loves us, and that he appears to be absent, he's not absent, he's just hidden but he's hidden within us. 
He's hidden within these situations. He's hidden within these circumstances. He's hidden within them, but not powerless. He's hidden, but not powerless. No, no, he has power. He has power to redeem anything and everything that we go through. He has the power to redeem anything and everything we go through for his glory. Earlier in the program, I prayed for a man who had uh, was involved in a just this terrible accident um, in a kind of a sports car, race car, and he hurt his head terribly. And um, I'm going to ask you to pray for me. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. Um, I've been asking uh, our Blessed Mother, Our Lady, Untire of Knots, to pray for um, some knots in some uh, real estate transactions. And there's still one knot <laughs> that in uh, one transaction got freed up. The other one, it's like, boy, that every time the knot gets freed, it, there's another knot further down and another knot further down. So we're continuing to pray and work through some of those knots. Um, and, and I'm grateful for your prayers for me for that. In fact, it was I was on with Sister Eucharista. Sister Mary Eucharista was on with me. And she said a prayer for me for that. So that was just, what, a couple weeks ago. Well, hey, she's coming back on. She's going to be on tomorrow um, with, um, with me. And we're going to be talking about uh, praise and worship. Uh, we're coming up towards Pentecost. And we're going to delve into this gift of praise and worship of God. I love that. We have a, um, a religious sister living a consecrated life. It's active and evangelistic uh, at the Immaculate Heart Retreat Center. And uh, she not only leads these quiet days of reflection, but also is involved in um, ways of worship that are more charismatic. Uh, so I'm excited. So uh, anyway, so she, she, she'll she be on tomorrow on the program. Uh, but interestingly, I had been praying very consciously and intentionally in recent days um, about my concussion. Um, some of you might remember, it was, it was over a year ago now that I had this, I got a concussion. And over the last several days, I've been feeling the impacts of it. I know it's a year later. Um, but even just sometimes doing simple things can cause a reemergence of the impacts of the concussion, which just make my life a bit more foggy and a little bit more groggy and uh, some sort of uh, head pain. And I, I said to the Lord, I was praying at Mass yesterday, and I just, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I would love for you to heal me, to be the divine physician. I, I pray so often for Jesus, the divine physician, to lay his hands upon the one who is sick and to, um, to work through and with the doctor's treatments and medications to protect from side effects and after effects. But then I also pray that Jesus would go beyond. Jesus, go beyond what the human doctors can do, what human treatments can do, what medical interventions can do. Jesus, you are the divine physician. You make all things new. And so I ask that you would make my head new. I, I would love to be freed from these impacts. I'd like to have my head even clearer and healthier than it was before. And then I said, but Lord, what I want even more than that is for you 
to be glorified in the greatest way possible and to have the most spiritual fruit come from this uh, trial, this physical challenge. And so, Lord, if, if, if it will glorify you even more for my, the, the consequences and impacts of this concussion to get worse, Lord, let it be so. Lord, if it's going to be a slow improvement over time, let it be so. If it's going to maybe never get better, Lord, if that's going to glorify you the most, let it be so. But Lord, if you're saying to me, what do I prefer? Well, I prefer that you be glorified in in the greatest way through what I'm going through. But if you're asking me, Lord, what do I want? I would really want to be free. I want to be healed in the most complete way possible. So it's when situations like today happen, uh, earlier in the day, this is yesterday, right? Where I was had this unexpected you know, interaction talking with this agent, and all of a sudden she brought up that her dad had this head injury and was in now serious condition. It's it, moments like that that I just say, all right, Lord, I just offer up my grogginess, fogginess, tiredness, pain, difficulty. I offered up for him that he would get better, that that his condition would improve. Lord, just use my trial to uh, open the door for improvement and healing in his regard. And, And so... I don't know, when things like that happen, it just makes me feel like, okay, well, the Lord's at least using, <laughs> he's, he's using my difficulties for his glory. Um, uh, and I just also hope he's using it for my sanctification. <laughs> I hope I'm getting holier through it because it's not fun. It's, it's, it's another one of those humbling things. It's just, a, it's, a, it's another one of those humbling things. So I, you know, say a prayer for me, if you don't mind. I would really appreciate that because um, I, I want to be very present and active in your lives and in uh, my family's life for as long as I can. I, the last thing I would want to be is a detriment or a burden to uh, the smooth functioning of my family's life or my kids' lives. So there you go. So thank you, Jesus. And thank you. Thanks for, for praying for me. I do appreciate that. Okay, so when we come back, I want to talk about St. Paul. I, I don't want to talk about St. Paul. I'm going to talk about St. Paul. If you guys are going to daily Mass these days, you're hearing these like beautiful, beautiful accounts from the Acts of the Apostles. And now we are well into the missionary journeys of St. Paul in the Acts of the Apostles. And uh, if you went to Mass yesterday, he went to Philippi, and God bless St. Paul. Boy, he, another humbling example of how to face difficulties and trials. And when I was at Mass, I'm like, what am I complaining about when this guy went through what he went through? What did he go through? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Oh, woe is me. (laughs) All right, so... um, St. Paul, not what was me, like St. Paul. It's St. Paul, you know, St. Paul wrote to the Philippians, right? Philippi and Asia Minor, uh, Greece. And there, as you know, St. Paul, uh, he wrote that famous letter to the Philippians. And he, and he talked about being in chains, right? That he was in prison. 
But boy, if you heard about what happened to him, right? So he had this uh, encounter that was unfortunate for someone, but very fortunate for someone else, this slave girl who was possessed by a demon, but was used to enrich his owner, her owner, her owner who used the demonic powers that were at work in that woman, uh, in that in that girl, until Paul came along and bound up and cast out the demon, and then stirred up this guy to to come against uh, Paul and Barnabas. And what happens? You know, they beat them with rods. Are, are you kidding me? Beat them with rods. This is not like, oh, woe is me. You know, my head hurts a little bit. Or, oh, woe is me, life is hard a little bit. I'm not getting beaten with rods. But even not only that, after he gets beaten with rods, they throw him into a prison. And not just in, like you think of a prison like, oh, the county jail, right? And, okay, Barney, you know, put him in the jail and here are the bars and, you know, sitting there and lying on the cot. No, (laughs) no. The prisons at that time were terrible, terrible places. And uh, where was St. Paul? He was in the deepest dungeon, like down at the lowest level in pitch black. And, And the scene is described that they're in pitch black, like they're in the central dungeon down it like so you think of going down into the basement and then down into the lowest level and then in the center and then everything gets shut it is pitch black it's pitch black and the time of this account in the acts of the apostles is at midnight so it's at the darkest point of the night and in the darkest place with no light and what's paul doing he's praising god singing the praises of God in the pitch black. And he has to have just these throbbing, open, painful wounds. And he's singing to God. He's shackled. He's, he's chained. And all of a sudden, God, God shows up. And one of the ways God shows up is through earthquakes. And you like that, right? Because it's showing that the pillars of the foundations of the earth rest in God's hands. God's bigger than all of this creation, and you know He can shake, <laughs> He can shake things up a little bit, shook uh, Philippi up a little bit, chains fall off of uh, Paul and his companions, and and what happens? The jailer comes running in. the The, the doors get thrown open, and his life is at risk. If he loses Paul, his life is going to be forfeit. So he is like terrified that in the pitch black, his prisoners have escaped. And he's, don't worry, we're here. You're okay, you're covered. Paul does not see this intervention from God. Like I would have thought, oh, the Lord's saying, get out. Look, I'm going to shake loose your chains and the doors, and I'm going to shake this stuff loose so that you can make a run for it. He does not. It was the guard that makes a run for it into the prison. And what, is, uh, what does Paul do? Preaches the gospel to him. What must I do to be saved? And he preaches the gospel to him. And his whole household, what are they? They're baptized. 
So there's, by the way, a really interesting example of you have the head of the household get it receives the gospel and responds and takes him back to his house, tends to his wounds, which shows just how wounded they were, how beat up they were. He finally gets, they finally get tended to, and um, and then they're all baptized. And so it, it shows in the early church, at least this is an indication of the fact that the sign of receiving faith was baptism. Baptism is the entry into the life of faith, and it was not simply adults, but it was whole families. So one of the greatest gifts, well, the greatest gift I, I want my kids to have that I can give them is the life of faith, the, the Christian life, the, the, the life of Catholic faith. That's what I want my kids to have. That's what I want them to grow and flourish in. And so um, Paul you talk about an example of a man who is on fire for the gospel, passionate and concerned about the salvation of souls. He's not concerned first or second or third about his physical well-being, about his safety, about his reputation, about his needs being met. He cares about Every single person he meets, whether it's his captor, whether it's a slave girl, whether it is, uh, you know, a woman who is a wealthy trader of purple cloths, if you went two days ago to Mass, uh, what does he care about? He cares about these precious souls that are right in front of him coming to know the living Lord Jesus Christ and his power to rescue, restore, set free, cleanse, and elevate to a whole new status as children of God. And so my brothers and sisters, I mean, as we're getting close to the end of the program, we need to fill up our tanks with the spiritual energy, the spiritual fuel that the Lord has for us. We have to be plugged in we cannot afford to go into our day without the spiritual fuel that comes from God. We cannot afford to enter into the situations and circumstances that we will face today. We'll be spiritually attacked. We'll face humbling circumstances. We'll find other uh, trials and tribulations that reach us. And there'll be times that come brought right in front of us that we didn't expect. And the Lord is saying, look, I brought this to you because I want to come to them. You will be a walking earthquake. Boom, let's go. Do you want to be a walking earthquake? How does that sound? That sounds pretty awesome to me. That when you walk into a room, you don't have to shake stuff up. (laughs) But when you walk into a room, you will be that useful to the Lord that when an opportunity arises, you'll be there to be, to be available, to, to say, I'll pray, I'll suffer, I'll offer up a difficulty, I will repent, I will cleanse the vessel that I am so that I will be 
useful to the Lord today. Don't you want that? If you want that, then grab your rosary, grab that image of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Mother, consider, prayerfully consider, an act of total consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, especially in this month of May. And trust that the Lord, He knew you'd be alive in this moment. He knew you'd be alive in the circumstances that you're facing today. And he did not send you into this moment. He did not deploy you into existence to be where you are, to live the life you have with the gifts that are yours in order to just live an ordinary life. No, he puts you here to be a place of manifesting his glory. You, you, you. Just say yes to that. And then watch what happens. I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for my dear brothers and sisters listening to this right now. And Lord, I just ask that you give them confidence. Give them a stirring. Give them a, an inkling. Give them a nudge, Lord, that says, yes, I will use you today. I will, I will have you be my vessel of communicating my glory into the lives of my dear ones who don't have a clue. I thank you for being available And the Lord himself is wanting to pour graces through our lives. And so, Lord, we say yes to that. We say thank you, Lord, for the gift and the grace of of being useful to you. Lord, we want to be more useful to you. And Lord, we repent of anything that gets in the way. We repent of thoughts and words and deeds and attitudes. We pray uh, for omissions, Lord. Just forgive us. Give us a fresh start, Lord. And Lord, give us that grace to put on the full armor of God to fight spiritual battles. Lord, give us the grace today to to get spiritually filled up and not try to fight these battles without the spiritual fuel and without being plugged in. Thank you, Lord. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks so much. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow.